0: Hello and welcome to the 52 Weeks of Sheep podcast, the companion podcast to the 52 Weeks of Sheep group on Facebook. I am Tammy. And I am Allie. And this week, our fourth week in the adventure, we are talking about Southdown sheep. Yeah, they seem really exciting. I mean, it's it's going to be an exciting study. It is going to be an exciting study. If you've ever looked at a Baby doll Southdown. So, we're going to talk about all three versions of the Southdown sheep. But baby doll Southdown sheep, they are always smiling. That is awesome. I know. You can look it up on any website, do a little search on Google for Southdown, baby doll Southdown, and in any picture, they look like they're smiling. So, if you're having a bad day, that would be the sheep to have. They're it would be the sheep to have smiling at you. <laughs> Well, they're a very, the baby doll Southdowns are a very popular domestic docile pet. Oh, yeah, that would be a really nice for homesteaders or hobby farmers. Yeah, I've thought about them. I bet. Because yeah. well, <laughs> you want smiled at every day. Every day. Yeah. I want to nice. <laughs> I don't I don't. think like getting up in the winter to go feed your flock and you're getting smiled at. That would make my day. It would make my day, especially if we had to go out in weather that we're just experiencing. I know. I've been having to take a sledgehammer out and break ice. Oh, no. Yeah, it's all right. I'm getting my exercise. Well, at least you've got positive thoughts about that. Yeah, nobody's smiling at me. <laughs> we just have to imagine. Maybe you'll have to pin up a, a picture of a baby doll Southdown out in your barn. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> at any rate, so this week we are talking about that Southdown breed. There are three types. There is the regular Southdown, which is where I believe it says all down breeds originated from. Yeah. That is interesting. It is very interesting. Then there are the baby doll South Downs, the cute ones we were just talking about. Yes. And? And there is a toy or miniature baby doll South Down. And did you happen to see how small they are? No bigger than 24 inches at their withers. Oh, well. So they are little. I've never seen one in person. Oh, my gosh. They would be cute. That's almost a house pet. <laughs> almost, almost, I say. Almost. <laughs> well, if you were in my house and I didn't share it with somebody, it very well could have been a house pet. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, they I, could fit through a doggy door. They could. I'm not even allowed to have bottle lambs. Oh, my goodness. I have a friend on Facebook and she's got a bottle lamb right now and it's a house pet, but she has a diaper on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my word, that's fun. The things that we could do if we could do them, right? Yeah, maybe it's a good thing we have men in our lives. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we talked about them being the breed from where all the down breeds of sheep were thought to be developed from. And they thought that the first one was done in what? In 1609 in the Jamestown Colony of Virginia. That's how they came over here. Oh, wow. Okay. But there's no real record, recorded documentation of them being here until the 1700s. Okay. Okay. But that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Still ways back. Seems like all three of them are sort of a gentle, sweet disposition, dispositioned. Yeah, yeah. Say that five times fast. Yeah. How about if I just say it once you correctly? Say it once I'm not saying it. <laughs> They seem to be a well-dispositioned animal. Yeah, it said from what I read that a lot of 4-Hers use them. Yeah, which makes sense. That'd it be does. good. I remember we're gonna date myself a little bit more. Here we go. Back in high school, I was in FFA, okay. and I did raise Suffolk sheep, as most of us did for you know for fair and all of those things. And one of the girls in school had Southdown sheep. Hmm. And I was going to buy a lamb and start my own South Down flock mm. because I thought they were cute. Yeah. All those years ago. Oh, it's, it's Nothing's still budding, budding in you. It, it is. is. Yeah. It's maturing. It's getting closer maybe. Getting closer. <laughs> so anyway, I've known about South Down sheep for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I was curious because I'm like down and after having ducks and chickens and, think geese I like all right these things don't have down feathers so we researched it and the down refers to the region where they were originated.
1: originated
0: yeah yeah in the downs or downlands of England yeah suffix yeah yeah so that's fun yeah little tidbit little little tidbit did you say suffix or Sussex I think you meant Sussex Yes, I did. What did I say? Suffolk. Oh, okay. Well, I'm talking about sheep. No. <laughs> we are. <laughs> and yeah. we're allowed to. Yeah, Sussex. Yes. Sussex. Sussex, Sussex is the place. Suffolk is the sheep, although there is a Suffolk as well, but yeah. we won't go there. Most of these guys are bred primarily for meat, though. Yeah. That's interesting, especially being so docile, you know, but I guess that's good because they're kind of large. They are large. Uh, the original South Downs are, are a large breed. What did we say? What did you say the rams were? 100? 100, and... 100. I think it said 180 to 230. Wow. Yeah. You wouldn't want to get mulled by that or knocked over. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. But they're pulled. That's true. Which means they don't have any horns. Which is a little bit better. But boy, I would imagine a 190, 200 pound ram could knock me on my behind pretty quick. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I wouldn't want to find out. No, no. No. And I think that they, like a lot of the down breeds, these guys are overlooked for their fiber. Probably so. And you were saying that they were really good for socks, but it said that you could have sweaters and everything from them. Yeah, absolutely. It's a durable fiber, it can be soft. They're microns what did it say 23 to 31 I think is what it said yeah so you could have a really decent fine fleece or you could have one that's more mid to coarse range yeah and so being uh, that it's a meat sheet would that mean it wouldn't have as much lanolin no well when I was reading on this one it looks like there's a yield of was it 40 to 55% so you're going to lose almost half mm-hmm. but we were talking about how they do grow wool on their face on their bellies and on their legs yes so that would have something to do I would imagine with some of that that loss mm-hmm. that loss but if there's that much of a loss, there's got to be some lanolin in there, I would think. Or it's so thick that everything gets in there and just wants to stay. But yeah, the lanolin probably causes it to stay. Yeah. But I do mm. believe that they are also, a, it's a pretty dense fleece. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's. but the the... Um, the sample that I got, I'll have to look over there at my papers in one second. But feel that one. I know, it's marvelous. I mean, it's just right there. I mean, it's super soft, but it is really dense. It it definitely is a dense super soft dense um fiber. Yeah, short staple for sure. But it's got some crimp some really pretty crimp. I mean, it's it's springy. It's very springy. I I can't wait to spin this one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has spun it yet. If you have, you should be sharing photos with us. As I get this one spun up, I will make sure to share. I'll share raw, well, not raw, but I'll share roving and then finished when I get it done. And I got this one, gosh, I think I bought this in 2022. Yep, that's what this says January of 2022, when we had South Down as part of our breed. You know, part of the adventure in 22. And this one I bought, I don't know if they're still around, but it was JMC Fiber Art, and that was also on Etsy, and they are in Ohio, or they were at the time. And this roving is beautiful. I mean, it's just absolutely beautiful. I'm, I am, well, I'm looking forward to spinning everything, but I am looking forward to spinning that one. Are all South Downs white? Most of them are. There yeah. are some colored. I have a South Down fleece, yeah, a fleece, a raw fleece, mm-hmm. that is sort of a grayish-brown. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to to yeah. seeing that one, too. Maybe I'll wash some of that up just to see how it goes for this one. Yeah, that would. I'd be curious to see. And the difference, I mean, just even difference in uh, South Downs, because, you know, you play with one, but it's like... We're all a little different. We are. Characteristics, speed, nutrition. I can tell you, and that's something we'll talk about because nutrition plays a big part of it. But one thing I can tell you is that that Southdown fleece, actually, it's a baby doll Southdown. That's the fleece that I have. It is not as soft as this little ball of fluff that we have right here in front Mm. of us. I know it's not. Okay. I wonder why. Um, You always... Oh, nutrition, genetics, true nutrition. I mean, it can be lots and lots of, of things. Okay. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. I, I want to see what it looks like. Yeah. And I would say probably, you know what I do with my Suffolk when I blend that for sock yarn, mm-hmm. is I blend it with a bamboo generally, but you can blend it with silk. If it was a little bit coarser, you could probably blend it with either one of those to add a little bit of strength and softness. So do you blend it with South Down also? I would imagine you probably could. So that that baby doll South Down fleece that I have at home, mm-hmm. I probably would blend that with something a little softer if it's not as soft as this. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But like most of those downbreeds... They do have that short staple. Okay. Generally, it's one to two inches. You might get three if you are lucky. Do they shear them every year since their staple length is so They generally do. I know that when I work with some of the 4-H kids, if they can hold off on um, shearing a little bit longer, even if it's an extra couple of months, sometimes mm-hmm. that will add. Oh, a little bit to it. Okay. Yeah. But generally, I wouldn't be able to send that off to a mill at two inches. Oh, true. Yeah, most mills want at least a three-inch. Not right. everybody. I do know that every mill is a little bit different. But most mills that I have worked with want at least a three-inch staple. Especially if you were going to spin it or have them spin it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Good tidbit. Good tidbit. Good tidbit. They do generally have that white fleece like we were talking about. There are some natural colored ones. But if you were raising them for the wool pool, it wouldn't be, those colored ones would not work well because wool pool is all white. Oh. Yeah. Or you get, I shouldn't say that, you get less for colored wool than you do for the white. Okay. And so what is Wool. Pool. The wool pool. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, if you're raising large amounts of sheep, large numbers of sheep, and you do a shearing, all of that wool gets sort of packaged together. Oh, yeah. And then sent to the wool pool for wherever you are. In Montana, we the wool growers and then their center of the nations, that's where most of our wool ends up. And then it gets... You know, it just sort of hangs out and bales there until it's ready to be processed. Okay. Or utilized in yeah. some way. Yeah. Okay. But hand spinners have, have really caught on to all those natural colors. Yes. Yes. Because, I mean, it's exciting. And I like the natural colors. It's um, earthy. I don't know. Earth, earthy <laughs> and rust, I, rustic Rusty. was the first word oh, that came to my mind. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing like... A natural gray or a natural white or a natural brown. Yeah. I, I do. I love the naturals. Yeah. That's not to say I don't like to add a little color here and there. Yes. Yes. I hear you. I am I like the natural also. I think it's organic maybe. Is That's a great word. Yeah. I like that word. Yeah. And I guess if I were going to dye this. So the, the south down that I have in front of us is, is a really pretty creamy white. I probably will keep it creamy white. But if I were going to dye it, there are those folks who dye roving or dye the comb top and then spin. I like to spin my fiber first hmm. and then dye it. Okay. I can't say I've ever, um, that I've dyed much. Only that, I, I, but I don't over dye. I don't yeah. like to over dye. I think if it, if it's dark enough, You don't need to over it. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Again, natural, organic, earthy, rustic kind of stuff. But whites and creams, every now and then I do like to add some color. Some color to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So I would assume that this would be kind of like um, our um, Black Welsh Mountain in regards to if you were going to add another... Wool to it, would you add the same color and uh, not color but the same staple length? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're blending, I would say 90% of the time, there's always the exception to the rule. Most stick with the, same. stick with the same because what happens is, especially, I mean, if you're processing it yourself, you have a lot more control over it. Let's say you're processing a two inch staple South Down and a three to four inch staple Merino. Okay. I, I'm just throwing things out yeah. there because I know the names. Now, merino generally would nap, so that's probably not the best thing. Let's go ahead and say, I don't know, pick a breed, any breed. Cormo. Cormo. That's another one of those fine wools, so I probably wouldn't do it with that. Something targy maybe, because okay. that's more of a mid. Okay. Uh, it can be fine, but mid. So let's say you have a 2-inch south-down, and a 4-inch targie. If you're blending it yourself and doing it on your own drum carter, you can control the speed of that drum carter. You can control how much nepping is going to happen. For those of you that don't know what neps or nepping is, they are the little pieces of fiber. They look like little balls, and it comes from over-processing generally. It can also be shorts from shearing. Absolutely. Or breakage from like weak fleeces, weak fleeces or a a lot of it happens. I think with, um, lambs. Oh yeah. The tips, One the tips are, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because of those nutrient levels when they were younger versus now. Yeah. I had actually heard it was kind of from the amniotic. I don't know if I said amniotic fluid. Yeah. Yeah. That it, uh, it, you know, when they're born, it's that part that affects their fleece. Um, I, I didn't know anything about that. That's a cool one. But with something you have control over, I think you can control it. So if you have something that's a little bit off, that's one thing. But if you're sending it to a mill, they're not going to baby your fiber for you. The The mill's job is to process fiber and get it back to whoever it is fairly owner. quickly. Yeah, Yeah. So I would imagine that's the case. So generally, yes, that's what you want. Now, if you're doing art yarn and you want neps or you're doing fiber for felting, you don't really care about that kind of stuff. Right. I have a little tidbit is when I'm hand processing my stuff, I save all of it. I'm like, if I'm going to do a wool ball, why in the world would I want to use good wool for the inside of my ball? So I save everything, and I just shove it inside and put the nice stuff on the outside because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's why I have a room full of stuff. It's because there's always a purpose for something. (laughs) (laughs) I had started, when I started being part of our little community garden here, I i have been using wool as mulch so when I close down the garden I do throw some Mm -hmm. wool pieces or maybe even some of the stuff that you know the tags or whatever Mm -hmm. I just toss it in the garden and kind of let it sit there and let the snow and the weather and everything do its job over the winter I put it inside of the um flower pots at the bottom yeah for you know for drainage Oh. And just let it do its thing. And I, I mean, why? If you have a big pot, why fill it full of dirt when you can fill it full of wool, wool? Especially never, if you have to purchase your dirt, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I never thought of that. I should think about things like that more. You know, a little bit know, more self-sufficient. No, <laughs> you are. I'm not. I am learning so much from Tammy. Uh, this is a learning, a very good learning uh, experience. Well, and I learn from you every day too because you do things. That I call back. No, homesteading <laughs> and self sufficiency wise, that I would love to do, like rendering tallow and making your own skin cream and your yeah. own hair shampoo and yeah. and body scrubs and yeah. yeah. We learn from one another. We do. It's pretty cool. All right, so let's get back to these sheep. Let's talk about their conservation. They're another one of the livestock conservancies shave to save breeds. They are not critical. They are what we call a recovering breed. Okay, yeah. So their numbers are bouncing back. Did you say something, though, about you read that they were like the sixth? Or the seventh most most popular in the States, which is kind of crazy to be on the conservatory list list. and be the most popular. Maybe they're most popular with 4-Hers and... Maybe, or maybe it's the baby dolls that have become really popular in the States, and I, I don't know. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on that. As I do that, I will drop some uh, some notes in our, sh- well, drop some info in our show notes. That's what I meant to say. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. they seem like a really fun fun breed. Their wool is fantastic. I mean, it's sh- short, but um, but... I can work with short. Uh, Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. So So when I have short stapled fibers, let's say I wanted to spin this from the lock. Clean lock. You know me. (laughs) Not not the greasy lock. But if I wanted to do this from a lock, you know, some people will say, oh, it's too short. You can't spin it. Down breeds, they're not good for anything. I think a a lot of hand spinners have frowned on those down breeds for a long time. Those of us who like to create wool for socks and different things, I think we've started to embrace some of those shorter stapled fleeces and the down wools in general. I tend to just hold my fiber a little closer to the orifice. That's that's kind of how (laughs) I do it. Um, Yeah, Um, I have a tendency to hold things far away, but, um, but I understand the short because, um, uh, you don't want to lose it. You don't, yeah, you don't want it to break, which would happen. So new spinners, if this isn't a commercially processed fleece for you, you may, and even then you may have a little bit of a difficult time spinning with these shorter stapled fleeces. So when we're talking about South Down, when we talk about Oxford, when we talk about Shropshire, when we talk about Suffolk, when we talk about those down breeds throughout the year, if you're not comfortable spinning it, that is totally okay. Just keep trying. If if you're not up for the challenge, that's okay too. I would would not recommend those down breeds for a beginning spinner. That's just me. No. If you want to frustrate somebody, give them a down but that's not, that, that will take your confidence way down. Yeah, so we were trying to build your confidence up and get you guys to have fun with lots of different variations and things of different breeds, but I don't want people to become discouraged. So if no. you're spinning this and you're having a hard time, reach out. Just reach out. Or even keep it in your stash for next year, and you'll see that what, she, what you spun this year um next year you try the south down and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I've can... improved." And exactly. it's fun. So don't discard it. Just keep it for next year. Absolutely. Or be like me and keep it for, you know, two years because <laughs> you didn't get around to spinning at that other one. We need to make each other around to it. A round to it? Uh Uh-huh. It's a little round board with to it on it, so you have a round to it. (laughs) I've never heard of that. And if you guys couldn't, you guys couldn't absolutely see my face, but you should have seen the confused look on my face when she said it, because I was like, what? What's a round to it? What's a round to it? Now we know. Um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Now... If you have spun this, brief, please tell us all about it. Tell us what you thought of it. If you hated it because it was too short, let us know that. Let us know if you're going to give it another try another time. I'm, I'm looking forward to my spin. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really am. I want to see how yours turned out. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, you will. Round two it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I won't wait two years because I am spinning with everybody this year. Good, yep. How are you doing on your spin the stash? You know, I've been cleaning and finding all kinds of stuff, and so, um, it's um, well, I think I made progress last year, um, so I mean, last week. Was that, last year? It was last year, (laughs) last week. No, well, by the time you guys hear this podcast, that will not be the case. We are doing a recording on the 7th of January for the month of January. January. So last week was technically technically last year. Yeah, so I'm not wrong. Um, No, I I feel very um, energized to spin right now. So um, I think I'm going to make a good dent in it. Yeah. Yeah. I went through, so the bins are still bins, but I did go through all the bins. I pulled out all of my 52 Weeks of Sheep breeds. Yes. I think I only have to buy four breeds. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. There's a stash for you. That is. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got to go buy a lot of fiber, but I'm excited. Um, I'm really excited because some of these I'd never even heard of before. Like what? Well... The one that stuck out the most that I think is exciting was the um, Florida Cracker. The Florida Cracker. Know, like, who names a sheep a Florida Cracker? But I <laughs> love it. Um, and I can't even say this one. Ousant. Ousant. that? It's a French. French. <laughs> it is. Oh, that's awesome. They're yeah. cute. They are such cute uh, little sheep. Yeah. And I have not heard of this one. Guanico? Yeah. And is that one from Mexico? You know, we're going to have to talk to our guest, Lisa Mitchell. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So anyhow, no, it's all, um, there's a lot that I haven't heard of, like a polypay. I'm not. Oh, yeah. yeah. Polypay. We're going to get to talk to, I'm so excited. We're going to get to talk to Ann Gordon from okay. Leaf Livestock. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and Sammons. Sorry. I okay. will get it right. Yeah. Sorry, Anne. But we're going to be talking to her from Leaf Livestock. And she's going to be teaching at Copper K this year. Oh, what is she teaching? Weaving. Oh, fun. I think you might have to sign up. I might have to sign (laughs) up. Oh, nice. I have known... Well, I met Lisa and I met Anne through the Wool and Fiber Arts Group. Okay. Yep, And we did a... We all do yes, we all did a class with Teddy Jansen. Oh. Yeah. From Small Acre Farm and Timber and Twine. We did an online class together with her. okay. That's how we all, you know, the fiber we community. Go back. Yeah. Yeah. It's big and it's small. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have never spun and I hope I'm saying it right, Lisa Guanaco, I've never spun that fiber either. I'll be purchasing okay. some from her. Okay, yeah. Before we before we get to episode 12, I'll be spending some of that. Okay, yeah, exactly. It is a luxury fiber. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, so let's just do our quick just the facts about the South Down, and then we're going to let you guys go for the week. We do have a bonus episode coming up next well, tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. And, um, our lessons learned from, um, spinning and from the month so far and and everything. Yeah. We've got a lot coming up on that episode. So the way that you access those bonus episodes, however, is through Patreon. You do need to be a paid member to do that one. Oh, okay. Well then a lamb or a, um, Flock. flock. You can be a lamb member or a flock member, $5 or $20, whatever you would like. Now, if you're not into the bonus episodes, totally fine to you. Have access to all of the regular episodes. But basically just the facts. So South Down Fiber, I think it depends on which type of South Down it is. I have it written down here when I did an average of all of them, four to eight pounds for their raw fleece. Okay. And we did talk about that 40 to 55% yield. Now their staple length, the average is two. Hmm. Now, according to the Fleece and Fiber Sourcebook by Deb Robeson and Carol Eccarius, they're saying one and a half to four inches. Oh, four inches. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Again, I think it's dependent on... The type and how long you let that go. Okay. Now, while some people, let's say you have those long wool breeds, uh, Masham or BFL, sometimes or even Lincoln's, sometimes they'll shear those guys twice a year. Okay. I would imagine if you're looking for a longer. South down fleece, you might let them go a year and a half or so. Okay. I would imagine. Yeah. Anybody who raises them, let us know what your thoughts are on that. If you're raising them for meat, my guess is you're just sharing them and getting it done as fast as you can. And you're not really worried about that staple length. But if you are raising them for wool, let us know yeah. if, you, if you have a longer duration or if you have changed their feeding or whatever the case might be. Their fiber diameter, we talked about it. 23 to 31 microns, it is going to depend on, again, which variation of that breed. They do have dense, medium-grade, I should say dense and resilient locks with medium-grade fleeces. Those locks are blocky, and sometimes they look rectangular. Okay. Yeah. When you pull, I remember when we used to shear even the suffix, when it came off, it it was almost like if you tore a lock out. It was just this cute little rectangle. Oh, okay. I would imagine it's very, very similar. They hold together pretty well, those locks, and they may be hard to distinguish from one another. They're not going to separate super easily right there. Okay. Okay. Natural colors, white, that's that's pretty much where they're at. Okay. If you have colored ones, you should message me and let me know. Yeah, right? I wanna know. Yeah. The wools will dye nice uh dye nicely. They're not gonna it's dyeing the color, not dyeing the dye, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it won't be it won't be super lustrous though. They're a little bit chalky. Okay. Okay, so, so that's it, kind of a muted a yeah. muted color. That's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. So it won't be shiny for any reason. Um Carding is probably how I go with mm-hmm. most of these fleeces. I, I mean, I guess you can comb them if they're longer. Could probably flick them and spin them from the lock as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, according to that Fleece and Fiber Source book, it says to maintain the loft and springy character of that wool, you want to keep the drafting on the light side. And your twist at moderate levels, so you don't want this thing to have a ton of twist. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I might have put too much twist in mine, but um, you wouldn't really want to um, draft it much with a one and a half inch or no. one inch staple length anyhow. No, probably not. Uh I always say it, and everybody, well, all the experts, I'm not the expert expert, but all the experts agree with me on this one. This wool is great for socks. Yeah. Do you blend it with something so it stays up? You can. Like I said, silk, bamboo. Oh, yeah. If you really wanted to, you could do nylon. I'm the girl who likes to have the natural type me favors. Too. Now, when you're when you're spinning for socks, and we, I think we talked about it in one of those first initial episodes, but when you're spinning for socks, you want a three-ply for that round, you know, the round yarn, not your two-ply for flat yarn. You're not looking for anything to bloom. It's already got a lot of loft in it. What you're looking for is to help it be springy and sturdy. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) three-ply. I know. Sorry. The dog is asleep behind me, but he's talking in his sleep. He must be chasing sheep. Well, that or bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's notorious for, well, he's notorious for the bunnies. I don't think he's ever been around sheep. Oh, okay. We'll have to change that. You know, I thought all of our talk was, uh, he was all excited about those sheep in the pasture. He might there. be. Yeah. All right. So the, the, what they're best known for is generally being overlooked as a fiber resource. Okay. Yeah. They, they, people want them for meat. They generally yeah. want them for meat. But okay. we hand spinners, we, we're bringing them back. We can spin anything. Yes. Or try. Okay. <laughs> well, if I can be talked into spinning dogs' fur. Yeah, exactly. I've done that a little bit too. I have some friends in Idaho who I spun some of their Samoan. The Samoyeds? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I did American Eskimo, and now I have a friend in town who has, I'm trying to remember what she said. Uh, I, I want to say Elkhound or hound or something yeah, okay. like that. Huh. I don't, I don't necessarily like spinning dog a whole lot, but for no. this person, I'm going to attempt it. Oh, fine. I know I have Scottish, Scottish Terriers. I've thought about maybe spinning something, but, um, just for the heck of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going I have do with too it. much time to uh, waste doing it. So, but I mean it's floated past my mind as I'm sweeping up their hair after I've sheared them, shaved them, clipped yeah. them, whatever it is whatever you do it with it the dog. I do with them? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we do have an episode here. We've run just about 5 minutes longer than what we thought we were going to do, but I don't think you guys minded. I think you guys got a lot of info. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you so much, Allie, Where can they find you? Um, they can find me at Curly U Farms on Facebook and on Instagram. Awesome. Now you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash fifty two weeks a sheep. You can check out all the episodes there. You can join and become a patron. I'm looking forward to our first patron perk in March. Yeah, that'll be exciting. I can't wait. I know. It'll be a great thing. And then you can find me at Goldie Knots MT on Instagram, Goldie Knots Montana on Facebook, and www.GoldieKnotsMT.com for the website. Happy spinning. Happy spinning until next week. And for those of you on the bonus episode, you're going to love it. We'll see you soon. Bye.